we didn't like get the concept that you should like make up a recipe write it down and then like you know post it we <laughs> would just like make other people's food and post a picture of it and then tell people where we got that recipe so there was no real understanding of like why would we come to this website other than the fact that i truly believe jeremy and i were wonderful storytellers so back in the day there was a kosher food blogging community and we would support each other, comment on each other's posts, share each other's posts. And it was really the first time I had found a community with food bloggers, specifically kosher and Jewish food bloggers. So I started really getting into it. And I asked Jeremy one day, would he be cool if I just kind of took this kosher thing and ran with it? And he was like, yeah, girl, you do you. So kind of sprung from there and it's been rolling ever since. Hi, and welcome to The Big Schmear, the podcast celebrating Jewish food, culture, and history. I'm your host, Beth Schenker. I love the fall for so many reasons. The changing trees, great weather, and knowing it's time to bring out our traditional recipes for the holidays, which is different for everybody's table, and that's what makes it so great. And sometimes, and I think this year, I'm going to try an additional something new. Haven't quite figured it out yet. But what about you? Are you going to be doing anything new for the holidays Feel free to share what you've got up on your table. I'd love to be able to mention that to my listeners, too. I'm always interested in family food traditions around the holidays. So when I was thinking about finding a guest to talk about holiday traditions and family participation, I put out an invitation to Whitney Fish. Not sure who she is? Well, she's a wife mom to three adorable kids, and a Jewish professional who loves to share what she's cooking with all her followers on Instagram. Her account is called Jew Hungry or Jew Hungry. Um, So I'm very excited to be able to talk with Whitney about her blog and also what she's doing for the holidays. Hi, Whitney. Welcome to the Big Schmear. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. I'm really happy to have you on the podcast. Personally, it's really great treat for me because I've been following your Instagram account for quite a few years. And so it's great fun to get to have the excuse to talk to you voice to voice. We won't say face to face because we're not doing that these days. I know. Such a hell Yeah. So I thought what might be kind of fun is to start with talking about your blog And then that will kind of naturally, of course, get into food and holidays and all of that. So tell me, what prompted you to start your blog? Well, I started it about eight years ago when I was living with my husband, freshly married in Aventura, Florida, which is a suburb of North Miami Beach. And we, I had just graduated social work school from Michigan. I wasn't loving Florida, not (laughs) necessarily for me, good for others, not for me. And I had started a very intense new job as the director of education for the Anti-Defamation League. So I was spending all my time working and or sleeping (laughs) if I was able to. And I just missed the creative outlet that is writing any kind of creation. I was doing a lot of cooking when we lived in Ann Arbor. Winter kind of brings that out in folks. And there's a lot of winter. In yes, yes, <laughs> so, there is. 
So I had asked a beloved friend of mine, Jeremy Owens, who is an incredible, incredible storyteller, if he would join me in a blog when he was down. And so we started this blog, Jew Hungry, um, the name coming from the myriad of wonderful folks I would come into contact with in Miami with these incredible accents, various parts of Latin America and Central America. And I would hear what you want. And I would, every time I would giggle, I'm like, I am a Jew. Thank you. So Jew hungry kind of derived from a hilarious kind of misunderstanding with a waiter I had one time and the, not so much a misunderstanding, but just this incredible conversation we had about accents and some of the bubbies that he comes into contact with from Boca. I <laughs> understand him. So Jew hungry was born at the time, I had just started keeping a kosher house. Jeremy, my beloved friend and co-author, did not keep kosher. And but so our recipes kind of span the spectrum of that. But we were not, we didn't like get the concept that you should like make up a recipe, write it down, and then like, you know, post it. We <laughs> would just like make other people's food and post a picture of it and then tell people where we got that recipe. So there was no real understanding of like, why would we come to this website other than the fact that I truly believe Jeremy and I were wonderful storytellers, especially Jeremy. I'm like, yeah, he's incredible. So I connected with the kosher, back in the day, there was a kosher food, food blocking community and it was made up of folks like Hani from Busy in Brooklyn, Melinda Strauss, Kitchen Tested, and a, a bunch of other folks. And we would support each other, comment on each other's posts, share each other's posts. And it was really the first time I had found a community with food bloggers, specifically kosher and Jewish food bloggers. So I started really getting into it. And I asked Jeremy one day, would he be cool if I just kind of took this kosher thing and ran with it? And he was like, yeah, girl, you do you. So it kind of sprung from there. Um, and it's been rolling ever since. Wow. I, you know, I honestly didn't realize you were had been around for eight years. I, I knew it was... Yeah. That's a long time. And so, yeah. so when you took over, did you really, th besides the fact that you were thinking now kosher food and going with that, did you feel like you had a mission or that you had certain responsibilities now to think about as you put out your posts? Now, yes. I think then it was less intensely, let's be an advocate, and more intensely, let's just like get some let's just educate folks on what is Jewish and mm -hmm. what is kosher now you can definitely tell us hey folks the world tends to really alienate and uh, marginalize Jews and really put us into very square little boxes of who we are and constantly like to tell us what is and isn't anti-semitic so let's challenge that and challenge the definition of Jewish away from the Ashkenormative definition and, you know, my work is really, at this point, a combination of this is what Jewish is from my lens. So, I, um, I, and I've certainly felt that since, in the, particularly, I think, in the last year or so of your blog. And, and what I like about that is you're, you put out your opinions and your your philosophy, but you're also you also make it clear in certain ways that everybody gets to make their own choice about things. But here's 
here's what Whitney thinks. And so it, I, I like that a lot. So in addition to the importance about how Jews are mon- marginalized and how you talk about that on your blog, there's mm-hmm. also a lot of stories about your family and the food yeah. that you prepare. And so I wonder if we could talk a little bit about that because I always feel there's such joy in those pictures and what you what you say about the food. And so where did bringing your family come into all that? When I started including at the time our baby Fiona because I really thought I wanted to be a mommy blogger and I was copying what other popular mommy blogging bloggers were doing at the time. Um, now I can say shame on me for not finding my own authentic voice, but she and for kind of exploiting my baby in that, which is a super big bummer. Now it's just a part uh, authentically of just what is a Jewish family? What does this Jewish family look at, look like in America today? I was raised by a Jewish mother born of a Jewish mother and non-Jewish father. I have a non-Jewish sisters. I have not, I did not keep kosher my whole life. I put myself in a yeshiva when I was 28 years old. Our Jewish journeys are just that, they're journeys and they are not prescriptive and they don't always have to look alike. And the Jewish family life also is not prescriptive and doesn't have to look alike. And so that's kind of where that, where my family started coming into the, the pictures. So that makes total sense, and I think clearly you you have that authentic self now and have for quite a while. So you found the right balance for you, mm-hmm. and and I think that's what makes your blog so wonderful. Um, and certainly, I, I recently, really I like appreciate it. it. It's very kind. So tell me, maybe not just recently, but over the period of time that you've been doing this, what do you like best about sharing the food that you eat, and do you have a favorite? that you, a favorite post that you have out there? Some of my favorite recipes, or posts rather, are not necessarily my favorite recipes because it's food I love, 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 but I love the pictures and I think I did a good job. Yes, you Uh, have. (laughs) I mean, one of my favorite posts is from way back when I first started and Fiona, who's now eight, was maybe a year and a half. And it's just this recipe for like granola balls but I just was proud of the pictures and Fiona's so little and cute in the picture that's certainly one of my favorites also one of my favorites is actually the Hanukkah ramen latkes that I did for as a guest post for Jewish food it used to be called the Nasher now it's Jewish food that's when I felt like I was really coming into my own as a food blogger and a food photographer and so how often do you do you post these days and how do you decide what food to post? I am not posting on the blog. Like I had a little come to Moses and with myself and just realized I just took on a position as the executive director of the Hillel at Miami University of Ohio. I have three kids. It's just not happening. We also keep Shabbat. So Saturdays, are not an option and I'm not going to spend all of my Sunday with my family doing food photography and creating posts right. because it takes about six to eight hours per post. Wow. Um, 
yeah, I mean, it's no joke. The editing, the creating, tweaking, I mean, and that's on the low end of the spectrum, right? It, it should probably take more. That's <laughs> um, like a serious job. For the folks who are out there who are really nailing it, like Sam from Frosting and Fettuccine, like, is, this is her work. And she's kicking butt and taking names, but it is work. I already have one full-time job and three full-time kids. <laughs> and I love food blogging and I love the community created. And I love the skills that's created for me. I'm going to keep on Instagramming, but I don't have the money and the time that it needs to, because it's a very expensive side hustle. you got to put in a lot of cash or at least have a partner who can put in a lot of cash <laughs> for you in order to be it's a very privileged very privileged job too. Well, social media has really just catapulted things. Yeah. And you're right. It's like you can do sort of the quick and dirty kind of thing, but otherwise it is expensive and it does take a lot of time. So for people who want to find you, the uh, Instagram is the place to see um, all those great photos that you send and, um, and all of that, which is really cool. Yeah. And you're easy to find. So <laughs> if I can find you, anybody can find you. <laughs> so let's, let's switch gears just a little bit. We're still talking about food, but um, let's talk about fall and all the big Jewish holidays. And yeah. I'm guessing it's really so busy excited. at your house. What was that? You're excited. Yes. I'm so excited. I love, love, love the Hakeem. I love the high holidays. It's yeah. great. And it's such a great time to be with family um, and and even during the pandemic, if you're not physically with your family, thank heavens for Zoom, because you can prepare food with your family. You just put your computer or your iPad or your phone on the counter, and you get to cook with each other um, and still have those shared conversations and shared experiences, which yeah. is really, it's a gift. It is a gift. Yeah, it so, is. Amen. Yeah. Well, I... I, I mean, I think about it a lot because we, when we have for Rosh Hashanah, especially for Sukkot and Rosh Hashanah, I mean, we tend to have as many people as we can fit in our house, in our dining room table for those meals. So it is so difficult not to be able to do that this year. Yeah, it is. Um, tell me how, and I also know you're in a, a new location in the country too, yeah. so that you add that, it's like, wow, lots of, yeah. lots of new stuff. <laughs> yeah. So do yeah. you, do you have some holiday traditions for like break the fast or Sukkot that you are having the, in your mind that you'll be able to follow through on, or maybe you'll tweak in a certain way, but what kinds of things are you thinking about? So our tradition specifically for Yom Kippur, so we've tended to, um, my husband is the spiritual arm of our of our little family. Um, he finds a lot of comfort in attending shul. I don't find as much comfort at, in attending shul. Um, it's not necessarily where I find my uh, faith as a as a Jew, but he does, and we celebrate that. We have always, as such, we have always had um, a big, big. <laughs> tuna noodle casserole as like our our break the fest meal we don't tend to go to people's homes for break the fest typically because when we are are invited out it's not in walking distance and we do our 
you know, keep yeah. pretty restrictive letter of the law. So you can't get there. Um, so my husband usually walks home starving and we have, <laughs> I have a, a previously made and already heated on the blast tuna noodle casserole. I mean, ready to go. I mean, you're talking, it's got your car, got your, cause I put mine with um, a bunch of veggies in there. Uh-huh. And so you've got your veggies, you've got your tuna and your protein. I mean, you've got your cream of mushroom soup. Like, <laughs> what is there not to love? It's hitting all the things like. As we, I don't know, we started when we, the first year we got married, we had, I made cinnamon casserole for our break to fast with, um, with Diet Coke on the side. Oh no. <laughs> and it's just like, these are the things that I want after not eating for 25 hours. I want <laughs> busy and bubbly. I need some caffeine because my head is pounding because I have a caffeine addiction and I want all the cheese and carbs. <laughs> well, it's just like it's it's um like I can see a neon sign that says comfort food. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Please come take comfort into this delicious casserole. I mean, yeah, it's incredible. Well, that sounds like a great break the fast tradition, which um <laughs> I'm guessing you're gonna be able to follow through on. I mean, if the Midwest does anything right, and it does a lot of things right, but one thing it definitely does right. Casseroles. Oh, casseroles, you're, casseroles, yep. casseroles. You are, you are, you've got it down. That's exactly right. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, if we if we move on to one of the one of the uh, holidays that comes up after that, which is Sukkot, um, do you think you'll be building a sukkah in your backyard? Yes, absolutely. If we have a yard for the first time ever as a family. We've always lived in apartments before moving to Cincinnati. We were in LA. And, you know, I don't know if you know much about L.A., but real estate there is stupid expensive. So we've always had to, uh, the places we could afford were apartments or little townhome communities that don't have yards. So, but we've always figured out how to do, not necessarily always, but I would say the last place we lived in L.A., we had enough of a concrete space in front where we could do a sugar, Mm. which was wonderful but now we have this like incredible open green space front and back. So the sukkah is happening. It'll be on. The Jews have arrived. Our <laughs> neighbors are going to be like, what are the Jews up to this time? Like, I'm so excited. And I'm guessing that the whole family is going to be involved with decorating and all of Absolutely. that stuff. Absolutely. My girls are all about decoration. They, they just love decor. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I love decor. Of but, course. Um, yeah, they they love decoration, so we'll have, you know, we'll have little twinkly lights and whatever they make. Cool. And do you um, traditionally eat most of your meals in the sukkah? Yeah, actually, yeah. I think the only thing we don't tend to eat in the sukkah is breakfast. Makes sense. For no other reason than, I don't know, just making our way out there. But yeah, we eat all of our meals out there. And do you find that there are certain kind of foods, and I'm not even sure what I mean by this, that are easier to, you know, prepare and bring out there than others? Or is anything, could we find anything on your sukkah table? Yeah. No, you'll find anything. <laughs> That's Yeah. Great. I love that. <laughs> um, if I want to eat it, I'm going to eat it. Right. You know? <laughs> Nothing will get in my way. 
And so I guess maybe one challenge this year for you, although you've got this great big backyard now, is in October, it could be a little different weather in Ohio, Cincinnati, Ohio than in yeah, LA, girl. but yeah, <laughs> I'm sure you'll make it work. Yeah, I have no idea. I, I'm assuming it'll be a little crisp, which I'm actually excited about. So yeah, know, it'll feel so like I, fall. I know what that will be like. I, I have not, as like a married couple, as a family unit, I have not had, none of us have had a high holiday season that's actually been chilly. Oh. We've not, because we went from LA, or excuse me, from Miami to LA. Oh, wow. So this will be a whole new experience. That's cool. Yeah. I'm, we're so excited. I mean, the apple, the apple food that will happen. Oh Just yeah! Like next, we're yeah, we're going next level. We're going next. So we're going to find all the COVID-friendly um, apple picking we can find. Mm. It's just like going to be on. Oh yeah, <laughs> I can see apple pie pictures um, oh, on, your, on your on oh, your Instagram yeah. Fo- yeah. <laughs> photos. Buckle up, Beth. Buckle up. So before we end our conversation, I know in passing you had mentioned earlier that you celebrate uh, the Sabbath and. So I'm just wondering, does Shabbat seem different during the holidays, during the holiday time for you, or does it take on a different kind of feeling? Honestly, I know you want me to say it takes on like a good fluffy feeling, but sometimes when it when it's no, no, I don't. I want you to be honest. (laughs) (laughs) I really want you to be honest. (laughs) My honest to God truth is when I see it, when I see like the three day hog, I'm like, oh. It is like it. It does not fill me. Like it fills my husband with so much joy. I I just I admire him so much for how much joy he gets out of it. When I see it, I'm like, Lord, 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 give me strength. (laughs) That being said, our jobs in the house, of course, are so different that you know it makes sense. Yeah, you know. Um, but all I see in front of me is like the amount of pre-cooking I need to do. And like the fact that you can cook on hog, like what a, thank you so much for being, for giving us that. Like yeah. so when, you can't, <laughs> when you've got a pre-cook for Shabbat and into hog, that oh, kills me. It's a lot of cooking. It's a lot of pre-planning. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, I mean, we have no way of knowing what the pandemic's going to look like even yeah. two weeks from now. So Hopefully, all the all the groceries on your list come without any odd exchanges that you well, didn't that's ask for. Well, that's <laughs> going to be the challenge because we've also always been in communities with incredible access to kosher items, and so we don't have that anymore. I mean, there's really, really limited access here where we are in Cincinnati and in Cincinnati in general. So you know, we have to get thoughtful with how we first of all we have to be careful how much we spend because even though you can purchase some meats online that's really expensive which again goes to my frustration with how keeping kosher is a very privileged thing but that's for another podcast episode (laughs) Um, yes yeah so it's more of how can I get creative if the only thing I have access to is like boneless skinless chicken breasts and chicken thighs but I'm guessing you do get pretty creative. and I try. Yeah, yeah. And it brings out the creative side of you, the 
it's got to feel really satisfying when it works kind of feeling. And who knows, we might see some really exciting food photos on your Instagram account right around that time. Count on it. (laughs) And you get lots of help. Your girls seem to really get a lot of joy out of helping mom in the kitchen. Yes, for better or for worse. They uh, (laughs) they, they sometimes just like, booze, I want to do this. Like, let me just do this. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, wait, yes. It's not always about me or what I want to get done. So, yeah. Well, Whitney, this has been really fun. I feel like this is the first of, of hopefully another, of the first of many conversations that we have about family and food, Jewish food, and, and uh, how all that works. And so I really appreciate you taking time to talk with me about the oh, Jewish holidays in your family. It's my pleasure. It's so my pleasure. Thank you so much, and I wish you not to very, 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 very early. Yes. But I wish you so much health during this time. Thank you, and the same to you and your family. Yeah. Thank you. My recording and mix engineer is Steve Robinson. The Big Schmear theme music is performed by Cavatina Duo from their CD entitled Sephardic Journey on the CD record label. If you like The Big Schmear, please don't forget to subscribe to my podcast, follow my Instagram account at Beth at the Jewish Foodie, and write a review or share a like on my Facebook group page. And please do tell your friends to listen. It's the best way for my podcast to continue to grow. If you have comments or questions, I'd love to hear from you. Please email me at Beth at TheBigSchmear.com. And be sure to check out my website, TheBigSchmear.com, to find recipes shared by my guests including Whitney Fish. I'm Beth Schenker, the host of The Big Schmear. Thank you for listening, and happy eating. Mm-hmm.